Welcome to Multifamily AP 360, the show where we discuss 360-degree views on mindset, passive, and active multifamily investment. If you're looking for tips and strategies, or just want to learn from the experiences of others, both good and bad, then listen on. This is Multifamily AP 360 with your host, Ramakrishna Chunchu. Welcome to another episode of Multifamily AP360 and today's our guest is Frank Hanna from Revolution X. Welcome, Frank. Thanks for having me, Rama. Yeah, thank you very much, Frank. And a little bit about Frank. Frank Hanna is a renowned entrepreneur, speaker, investor, and mentor. He owns and operates four privately held companies, including a private equity real estate firm, Revolution X with over $1 billion of assets under management. So with that, Frank, you want to add anything to your background? No, I think that's a good summary. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Can you share where exactly we are in current economic point of view and what trends you're seeing in the current market and also what kind of opportunities you're observing? Yeah, I think we are in what I'd say are uncharted territory. You know, we've never been in an economic environment where we've been, you know, through this unique financial crisis with unprecedented debt and interest rates you know rising as fast as they have over the last few years and i just think although some of those trends are have kind of caused a little bit of gridlock in the markets i do think there's right opportunities for the right people with the right resources or capital on the sidelines and i do think you know if the fed follows through with some of their predictions on cutting rates i do think they're you know, it's going to create a little bit more certainty with investors and a little bit more confidence. And I think you'll see activity, you know, come back to, you know, maybe not where it was, but it'll get moving again. Got it. So what do you think, how many times we can expect Fed cuts in 2024? Well, they've they've said they're going to do it three times. I honestly would be surprised if they did all three, but I think it would be, uh, you know, a good thing. But, you know, until I see it happen, I'm not quite sure. But I would say two to three if I had to make a guess. Share me a little bit about your company's background, how exactly you guys are helping you know, clients. We've kind of developed what I'd call like a hybrid financial planning real estate company. So we've kind of got one arm of our company that really dives into kind of what I'd call holistic planning for all types of entrepreneurs. So everything from estate, tax, trust, asset protection type methodology. And then we do you know, substantial amount of what I'd call traditional asset management with, you know, equities, fixed income, commodities, that type of stuff. And then we've also kind of coupled that with what I'd say is an institutional real estate arm. So we had a pretty uh, extensive real estate background. So we do a substantial amount of private real estate investment, private real estate syndication. And what we've kind of tried to do is, you know, take kind of the best of both worlds, for your more traditional investor, we manage about a billion and a half dollars in those kind of buckets and strategies. And then for somebody that likes hard real estate and is maybe looking for unique opportunities that might be outside their grasp in terms of you know financial scale or size of a deal, we can give that kind of quote unquote smaller investor access to you know what I'd say are some pretty sophisticated deals in a variety of different asset classes. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. So what's your feedback on the last 12 months or 24 months? On the economy? 
yeah overall market conditions you know i'd say you know i mean the market performed really well if you're looking at the stock market i should say and real estate obviously corrected a substantial amount with with those interest rate hikes so you know the stock market doesn't always react the way you'd think it would so you know the stock market did well i'd say most of my high net worth entrepreneurial clients are feeling a little bit of hurt you know people have definitely slowed down with purchasing and investing uh, specifically in the real estate space so i would say the economy is definitely feeling it and but i do think a lot of it just comes down to economic uncertainty right so i do have a lot of clients that have capital on the sidelines that maybe you know in a normal environment they'd be ready to go putting that money to work looking for opportunities and i i think until that fed takes that first step to lower rates they're they're kind of hedging their bets right so it's been a while since we've you know seen anything besides hikes so i do think good things will happen when they do that first you know reduction in rates got it so your investments are your clients investments focusing on short term and long term or only short term or long term no i'd say both you know so it depends you know a lot of the strategies you know again we encourage diversification right so we always want some amount of capital that's readily available for an emergency or for an opportunity that pops up and i think in that instance rates have helped so now you can might be able to get 4 or 5% on your money in a short term high yielding savings account but i think keeping your dollars working for you is still really important so from a tax incentive standpoint you know you've got kind of your qualified accounts if you're self employed or have an employer and i we still encourage investing in those you know 401k's or 403b's but you know at the end of the day i don't think there's any asset class more unique and attractive than real estate so we have a lot of deals that some are short term in nature some are longer term holds they all have different you know kind of advantages and disadvantages but what we do encourage investors to do is yeah kind of stagger all those lengths or maturities whether it's fixed income or real estate or some other type of deal and you know that way you know they've got many opportunities to liquidate or grab cash or capital if they need be but also you know nudge them or encourage them to keep those dollars working for them versus kind of getting in that analysis paralysis stage where they're just kind of you know hunker down and and keep everything close to the best yeah got it so what kind of trends did you observe in last 12 months especially from your portfolio point of view so i would say activity transactions you know absolutely slowed down right so the cost of financing took a lot of buyers competition out of the market we've got you know a lot of you know strategic partners that i think allow us to stay aggressive in that so i think there's still really good deals out there and again now we're competing with less people for the right type of deals which i think is a good thing but you see you know in terms of overall activity you know that was down substantially we do a substantial amount of 1031 exchange deals rama so we have you know a lot of people come to us for guidance in that process and we have resources where we can guide them to traditional brick and mortar hard real estate reinvestment that obviously qualifies for the 1031 exchange and then we also utilize a strategy called a Delaware statutory trust which is kind of a prepackaged professionally managed 
portfolio and meets the 1031 exchange criteria, but is attractive for somebody that, you know, is looking to kind of play a more passive role and, and not have to manage the property deal with the headaches, so on and so forth. But we follow a lot of statistics. And I know as it relates to the passive 1031 exchange market, that was off nearly 50% last year. So it had been growing substantially. I think the year before it was 10 billion and last year it was uh, a little more than 5 billion. So that was obviously a big hit to the uh, industry. Yeah, got it. Thank you. Since you mentioned about 1031 and DSD, so what are the some benefits using that? When exactly we need to go for, you know, DSD, you know? So I think your your more more common candidate for that type of strategy, I would say is probably 40 or 50 years of age and, and up because it's somebody that's, again, looking, it's not a buyer and flipper type investor. It's more a buy and hold type candidate. So I would say the primary candidate is somebody that has had appreciation in their real estate assets and they they're looking to cash out or sell at a premium in the market. And what they don't want to do is pay the capital gains taxes, right? And they're in a position where either, you know, they're over the excitement of property management and they just want to kind of gain some financial freedom or the other type of candidate is somebody that cannot find the right replacement property. So they would come to somebody like us and say, look, I want to sell my asset at a premium. I don't want to pay the capital gains taxes. Can I do a 1031 exchange into a Delaware statutory trust, which has a lot of the benefits that you would in a real estate property? It has passive monthly income that's comparable to what you would have in a regular property. You have no property management, which is attractive for most people. You can participate in the benefits of the tax treatment, like depreciation or amortization on loans. And there's also upside appreciation too, Rama. So we have different deals that are staggered in maturity, but most people that go in that direction like it enough to kind of never go back to hard real estate. But there, we, we do have some short-term deals where people are saying, hey, you know what? I want to cash out my position, not cash out, but not pay the taxes and kind of use one of our short-term deals as a parking spot. Let the, con- the economy regain some certainty along with the real estate market and then go deploy those dollars into hard real estate again. Yeah, got it. Thank you. So is there any limitations using DST? So I would say the one drawback or caveat is, you know, you give up control, right? So you give up the dollars, they're invested in hard real estate. So it's not something that you can pick up the phone and say, hey, Rama, you know, we've had my our money with you for a year. We'd like it back because we see another opportunity. So there is some liquidity, illiquidity with those type of deals. But again, I think that comes down to proper planning, seeing what other liquid needs you have, and then maybe staggering multiple DSTs in you know different lengths. So it almost kind of mirrors like a laddered bond portfolio. Got it. So anything else we need to aware of DST or 1031s? No, I think it's all about education and finding the right resources, understanding how they work. They're not the, the right fit for everybody, but for the right type of candidate, they can be a really good resource. And I think, again, there's a lot of programs that are out there and ultimately you're relying upon the, you know, the real estate sponsors and the people that are running the programs and purchasing the properties. And then, you know, I think it really comes down to the fundamentals of the real estate. So you got to find the right people in place, but 
there are some, some really good options out there for the right type of people. Got it. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And tell us some benefits of challenges investing in multifamily properties, self-storage facilities and hotels. So what should investors keep in mind? Yeah, well, I think all three of those asset classes outperformed most of the other asset classes for a while there, just due to the hyperinflationary environment, right? Because self-storage and multifamily and hotel can adjust their rates quickly. So those three asset classes outperformed. And I think there's there's some kind of synergies. I still like all three of those, even though rates have have rental rates have slowed substantially and they're not growing quite like they would before. But I do like all three of those, you know, real estate asset classes. I would say, again, you know, the financing issues with banks out there have caused a lot of people to to slow and growing and buying and doing all those different things they would typically. So there's less demand, I'd say, overall for for self-storage. You know, hotels, I think hospitality, I still think they took it on the chin during COVID and I still think they're undervalued for the right type of property. We do a lot in the hotel industry and I think for the right type of property, that's really strong. And then as far as multifamily, we do a lot with traditional multifamily, kind of your big apartment complex. And then we also do a lot with build for rent, which is more of like your townhouse type deal or your single family home that you're still renting, which is gaining in popularity. But I still think the monthly cost to finance a property of the same exact size, meaning purchasing it versus renting it is the difference is over a thousand dollars a month cheaper to rent than to buy and pay the financing cost, which I don't think it's ever been as large of a range there. So I still think that multifamily, you know, is the way to go for a lot of people and families that can't afford to purchase right now. So again, I think it comes down to the markets you're in and, you know, pro-growth states, you know, the states that we're doing business with have a lot of metrics and statistics that are driving people to those states. So you know, we're still pretty bullish on that asset class. Yeah, got it. Yep. Thank you. So what are some common misconceptions about tax management and how can individuals navigate them effectively? Yeah, I think that's kind of the name of our game, Rama. I think understanding and proactively understanding tax laws and opportunities is key. And I think what we see commonly, we're, we're not accountants, we're not attorneys, but we look to be in communication with our clients' counsel to just make sure they're understanding all the opportunities that are out there. And what we see is, although there's some really good tax counsel and accountants that are out there, CPAs, a lot of them are overwhelmed with you know, too much work, too many clients. And what's happening is between the client being busy and the CPA being busy, there's not a pr- lot of proactive dialogue. So there's missed opportunities across the board in terms of, you know, things that they could be writing off, legitimate business expenses, tax credits. There's different programs that we put together that qualify for accelerated depreciation. People are underfunding their retirement plans and keeping too much cash on the sidelines. So I I think that comes down to all about communication and education. It's not rocket science, but those tax laws are constantly changing right now. There's a bill in place that just passed with the House that we're anxiously awaiting the Senate to vote on that could create or extend a lot of favorable tax planning tools for 
you know, entrepreneurs, investors, and especially real estate entrepreneurs. Yeah, thank you. So what advice uh, do you have for individuals or business owners looking to minimize their tax liabilities and optimize their financial success? I think it all comes back to proper planning. And I think we're all fast moving entrepreneurs and I'm guilty of it too. I have partners that we kind of hold each other accountable, right? So I'm running around talking to all my clients about what they need to do, what information we need to plan properly for them to make sure they're swinging the bat as hard as they can to maximize all those tax planning tools, make sure that they're you know, as bulletproof as they can be, make sure they they have enough liquidity for the unforeseen event or rainy day. But I, I stay so busy. I need somebody putting me in a headlock, slowing me down to make sure that I'm doing that for myself too. But in my world, you know, that that's what we do all day long. And what I see is entrepreneurs, even the most successful ones are moving so fast that nobody's able to quite catch up with them and, you know, grab them and show them the benefits of some of the planning opportunities that are out there. And oftentimes they miss those. And we run into those type of people and they say, Hey, I I wish I was aware of this five years ago or 10 years ago or 15 years ago. How come nobody ever told me about this? And I think it's just a matter of, you know, everybody either not, you know, engaging the right people or just not having the effective communication. Got it. Thank you. So what do you share any best experience in implementing 1031s? Best experience with 1031s? Yeah. Again, I think it's just understanding all the options that are out there. Most people know what a 1031 exchange is. You know, it's been around for a hundred years, you know, for your listeners, you know, I'll do the 30,000 foot view, but you know, you sell an asset, you can not realize any gain or loss as long as you park those funds with a qualified intermediary before settlement. At the settlement table, a clock starts ticking. You have 45 days to identify a property and then the remainder of a total of 180 days to buy a property. For whatever reason, a lot of people are unaware that the the Delaware Statutory Trust or DST concept is an option out there. And again, it's not the right fit for everybody, but it could be a good backup plan if your hard real estate asset falls apart a lot of deals fall apart at the 11th hour and you're kind of caught with your pants down so to speak and could be on the hook for substantial taxes it could be a new a nice compliment rama so you sell an asset for a million dollars you find a new asset for 800 and they could use the dst for the taxable boot the 200,000 and then again for the for the person that is just looking to kind of simplify their let their life and divest some of their properties that they're managing and ha- dealing with all the headaches, the toilets, the taxes, the tenants, it could be a good solution for them. So I would say that that's the biggest thing is just mis- misconceptions, how that works, the 1031 exchange, the timing, you know, the and a lot of people have misconceptions on the like kind exchange. They'll sell a multifamily property and they'll think they have to buy a, another multifamily property because it's the same asset class that doesn't apply. So we get a lot of misconceptions there. So yeah, got it. So would you also share any challenging experience in implementing DST? No, I think it comes down to, again, they're hard real estate. So nothing in life is risk-free. I would say the biggest thing is just educating the client on the liquidity of that. And I know some people will sell these and say, hey, you know what? If you need the money, we can probably find another investor to take you out when they really are illiquid products. So I would say that's the biggest challenge is they're great if you're comfortable 
you know, tying your money up for three, four, five, six, seven years. But most people that have an issue decide not to do it, get hung up kind of on that lack of control and being able to kind of touch that money and utilize it tomorrow. Got it. Yeah. So any habits that are helping you to be successful? I would say I grew up in the restaurant, bar, hotel business, and I was used to working 90 or 100 hours a week, maybe more. So I think it's all about work ethic, you know, putting in the hours, you know, thought conditioners. You know, I worked for a company for a while and they were really big on forcing you to sit there by yourself in the morning and kind of lay out all your goals, write them down, put pen to paper. And I think I wasn't good at that when I first started doing it, but it does really give you kind of a plan for the day. And then at the end of the day, taking 30 minutes to, you know, appreciate any of the good things that happened to you that that day. If you're in a sales business or you're in any kind of business, there's some terrible days that we all go through and it's easy to kind of feel sorry for ourselves or get stressed. And I think it's important <laughs> to take what little positive you can out of every single day and say, hey, you know what, that was a good thing. And tomorrow I'm going to, you know, put my boots back on and go at it again. And hopefully it's better than the next day. So I think it's about, yeah, just kind of re-reminding yourself of what's important to you, setting goals, appreciating the positive things that are happening and then putting in the work. Awesome. And how can listeners can connect with you, Frank? I'd say our website is the best place to go. You can fill out an inquiry. It's www.rev is in Victor, X is in X-ray, wealth.com. And then we're, our phone number, office number is 610-232-0011. Happy to talk to anybody. No strings attached. We don't charge any retainer fee to give advice. And if you have a question related to anything available, happy to talk. Confident you'll get value out of a brief conversation. Yeah, awesome. And thank you very much, Frank. Really appreciate it. That's the end of this episode of Multifamily AP 360, but we'd love to continue to help you on your journey. Head to ushacapital.com slash podcast to join our email list for more tips and strategies. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. This is Multifamily AP 360 with Ramakrishna Chuntu. We'll see you next time.